Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, my holy Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior. Healer and provider. Thank you, almighty God. Thank you for the revelation of who you are. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for thy manifold mercies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. You're the King and you're the Savior. We look to you, Lord. Oh, God, we praise you for making us free, for opening our understanding, for opening doors and windows in our lives. Oh, Lord, God, we bless you and we worship you, Lord. We need your wondrous glory, God. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. I praise you, almighty God. I worship you, almighty Lord. I thank you, dear Jesus. Oh, thou King of kings and Lord of lords and God of gods, you are the great and the mighty and the holy one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear Jesus Christ, my Savior. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. What a beautiful move of the Holy Ghost. We want to continue to entertain his good spirit in this place tonight. I'm turning to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. this fourth chapter of the book of Romans, Paul sets forth in the Spirit to teach people the difference, of course, between faith and works, and he makes it clear in verse 3, he said, for what saith the Scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Marvin, you come up here and keep your eye on Artie. Artie, keep your eye on Marvin. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Verse 6, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. I want to minister for a little while tonight on blessedness. Blessedness. Everybody said praise the Lord. You may be seated. The word blessedness is telling you about an enjoyment. It is telling you about a happiness. It is telling you about a tremendously great feeling that accompanies with what God does for a person. When God gets a hold of us and He begins to lead us out of darkness into marvelous light, His marvelous light, and when we are rescued from the horrible pit, the miry clay, 
when we are led to the rock that is higher than us, the revelation that is so much higher than us of who he is and what his plan is, what he's offering to every man, boy, and girl, everybody across this planet, people from every country on every continent, whether large or small, greatly inhabited or sparsely inhabited, every language, every race, every nationality, that God's Spirit has a salvation, this gospel of the kingdom that brings God's salvation, the knowledge of it, to people. It brings, as it was written, and it is written, the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, that the city of Samaria, formerly outcast, largely ignored and looked down upon when they were visited when was visited upon them the grace of the spirit and the preacher came with glad tidings didn't come with a sad sack message didn't come uh, with an out of balance message of doom but he came to bring them the joyfulness and the happiness the blessedness that comes with this message. He came to bring them the knowledge of how to get rid of your sins, how to unhook yourself from that heavy, heavy load that's dragging you down and weighting you down and keeping you from arising up into the righteousness of the Spirit. And when he brought to them the name that was above every name and is above every name, and he began to preach that name to them. And when they believed the name of Jesus and the things that Philip was preaching, then the Bible teaches, of course, that they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was for, according to subject matter, the remission or the full pardon of all of their sins. And, of course, the Scripture teaches that back at the home church, they received word of this tremendous breakthrough in the heart of the Sumerians. And now, now they begin to, it dawns on them, they begin to realize what the Spirit has been prompting them and even squeezing them about. We have to get outside to other people. We have to reach to everybody. That this isn't just for some little elite group. Uh, this would not just be for the Jewish, though salvation is of the Jews. And it began with them, and it will end with them. Yet the Bible teaches that it's for everybody, that Jesus would be a light to every nation, the Savior of all. And so they realize, and it begins to come into focus. And so Peter, another apostle, head down to Samaria. They begin to lay hands on people. People begin to receive the Holy Ghost because the Bible was plain only they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They had not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Only they were born again of water. They had not yet been born again of the Spirit. But as they begin to receive the Holy Ghost, and when this tremendous experience took place in this city, the Bible said that the entire city was filled with joy. I'm talking to you about this blessedness, this enjoyment, this happiness, this that makes you leap for joy, 
even in difficult times, challenging times, struggling times. Yet this blessedness is to remain in your heart. It is to be, what did it say? The highway of holiness, Isaiah 35 and 8. That there would be an everlasting song and joy upon the head of the people that would be on that highway of holiness. It would not be a highway of drudgery. It would not be a highway of disappointment. It would not be a highway of down in the mouth and sadness and depression. It would be a highway that would put everlasting song song and joy upon your head it would give to you this blessedness this blessedness David described that blessedness that God would not count sin against you that he would wipe the slate clean that he would completely say that your account now is taken care of Nothing there is old. There's nothing against you anymore. What a blessedness to come up out of the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And all your sin has been completely forgiven. And every wrong thought, deed, act, or action, every transgression that you did, whether premeditatedly or ignorantly, it would all be taken care of, washed away, by your faith in the name of Jesus Christ, that the blood and the life is contained in that name, that the inheritance is in that name, that you would come up out of the waters of baptism and you would be born again of water and that you would know the blessedness, the happiness. There would be a glow and a shine in your face that you have been freshly forgiven. Your sins are totally remitted. They have been sent away and remembered no more. They're not going to be retrieved by somebody somewhere and rubbed in your face because God, the one who counts, has forgiven you. And this blessedness said, it is no more imputed unto you. It is not going to be counted against you that by faith in the name of Jesus, you are going to experience this enjoyment, this happiness, this joyfulness, this gladness. Gladness is zealous gloriousness in your life. As he went on to say, blessed, happy and to be envied are they whose iniquities or sins are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Not going to count it against them. Have you read in your Bible about an individual that was brought before his Lord and he owed a sum and in owing that sum he told the Lord he asked the Lord he said if you would be patient with me that I will pay thee all but the Lord in his great mercy he frankly forgave him didn't give him another thought just told the account write it off zero it out no longer owes that debt taken care of and so uh, the Bible teaches in he went out this forgiven servant and of course he, he didn't treat somebody like he'd been treated but I would not like to dwell on that tonight I'd like for you to dwell on the fact that the blessedness that came into his life I, I don't know why later on he did not hand down that blessedness I don't know why he didn't show 
that happiness and that enjoyment and clap his fellow brother on the back and say, hey, I just got forgiven mine. I'm forgiving you of yours. Why he didn't pass that along. Why he didn't do unto somebody like it had been done unto him. I don't know why he seemed to have lost the glow of that blessedness. How that absolutely went out of his system so quickly. You read in the book of Galatians chapter 4 also. You will read in verse 15 where the Apostle Paul in teaching that congregation at Galatia, a brand new congregation, people that had come in out of the world and out of idolatry and out of all kinds of weird beliefs and they had come in and the grace of God. I read tonight about the, the children of those who served in the house of the Lord. You know, the children are going to come up. They're brought young, and they're going to be trained in Sunday school. They're going to be trained in the ways of the Lord, and they're going to grow up. They're not always going to be little children. They're going to grow up, and they're going to come up in this blessedness. They're going to come up in this enjoyment and this happiness if you show that to them, if you hand that down to them, if you make it clear that you're so happy to be in the church, that you're so happy to have the truth that you're so glad to hear the preaching of God's word and sing the songs of Zion and to assemble yourself together as much as possible so that you can worship and praise and refuel and refill and reacquaint yourself with this happiness this blessedness but you don't let that get stale and old you don't let that get dull you don't let it lose its luster, its shine in your heart, in your life. The Bible teaches that as Paul taught this church and the children that were coming in, the families, the people, and he began to teach them things after they had had this beautiful experience. And they uh, evidently, they began to get a little upset. The Apostle Paul said, where then is this blessedness? Where is it? Where did it go? What's happened here? He said, because there was a time basically when I know that you had gone beyond the second mile for me. He said, but is it that you're upset because I tell you the truth? We want the blessedness of God in our lives to be fresh to where we embrace the truth. We love the truth. Uh, Brother Chuck, you know, he's from the north. He can't help that. We'll forgive him, won't we? But uh, them old Yankees, I've been here so long, the Yankees are long, 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 long gone, let me tell you. But uh, we have a lot of fun ribbing them because we take them to eat at lunch, and he always talking about some stuff called jardinere. And I guess the server got so tired of hearing about it that she went and bought a jar of the stuff like you'd buy ketchup and put it on the table. And so we had a big laugh about it. We offered to pay her, but uh, no, no, she wanted to take care of it. And so... Uh, Anyway, he, he, it's kind of like a, some kind of relish and some kind of juice in the relish, and you pour it on your, your um, whatever you're having, whether it's a hamburger or a turkey sandwich, whatever. And he went on and on and on about that for so long, and he just, you know, drool at the mouth about it, telling people about it. And so finally, as I said, somebody showed up with a jar of the stuff or something very much like it and set it on the table. And what I am saying to you is that uh, you know, that was something that he, he
he relished. That was something he desired. That was something that made everything so much better. It made the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations, the heat of the day, 45 feet up in the middle of a cupola in this sweltering heat and hardly any air coming through that building because certainly ain't any air conditioner yet. That's not done and hooked up yet. And so and the windows are not workable windows, so you've just got some doors here. And getting air in there is not the easiest thing, and fans don't seem to be doing but just blowing the hot air. And 45 feet up, you know, heat rises. So whatever it is down on the ground, maybe 95, up there it's closer to 140, 150. And, and you're sweating. And I mean it's hot. And so when you get down off of there and you go sit down at your little lunch table and you get you a big glass of something cold and then you've got this particular little jar of stuff that you really like. Oh, friend, you talking about a smile coming on a face. You talking about something leaping up inside of you and you're just joyful. How much more when we talk about the blessedness of the Holy Ghost, the blessedness of this gospel, the happiness the enjoyment, the contentment, the peace that passeth, all understanding, the love of God. How much more where then, he said, is the blessedness in order to increase if you embellish the truth, if you envelop the truth, if you embrace the truth, if you make it so big and so great like it is in your life. And you don't let that slip away. You don't let that lose its luster and its shine. You keep that polished. You polish that up. Every time you come to church, you present it. I want my blessedness polished up. I want it to be shining just like it was when I got the Holy Ghost. I want it to be shining in my heart. I want there to be a spring in my step. I want it to be, oh boy, we're going to church. Oh man, we're going to worship God. Oh, if I'm feeling a little tired or a little draggy, I got to shake that off. Like Paul shook off that snake. It, you never read where he paid it much mind or no mind at all. He just shook it off into the fire. Let it be shaken off what's ever crawling all over you and latching on to you. And one poor unbelieving uh, guy that decided to sit down and put all his unbelief on, on paper, uh, he said that that wasn't any kind of bad snake. Your Bible said it was venomous. And the people of the, of the country that they landed in, uh, they knew, they looked for Paul to, to suddenly fall down and die. It must have been a, 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 a snake that had a high degree of toxicity in that, in that venom that he would, they were looking right then for him, his arm to swell up and for him to fall over and die. But he just shook it off in the fire. Oh, you can shake off a lot of things in prayer. You can shake off a lot of things in a Holy Ghost service. You can shake a lot of things off if you lift those hearts with hands to heaven and remember the blessedness that you're full of the Holy Ghost you're washed in the blood you have his great spirit you don't want to allow time to erode this blessedness in your life you want this fresh touch this fresh renewing you want to ask the Lord I don't want you to be looking at me and saying, where then is this blessedness that I put in your life? Where is that shine in your face? We had somebody many, many years ago took a wrong turn. It was a very, very sad thing. And when they took that wrong turn, uh, Sister Ann ran into the individual down by Western Auto or something like that. And she couldn't help herself. You know, Stan, just a very honest, outspoken person. And, uh, and she was so taken back, she just looked at her and she said, where is your light? Where is your light? 
God. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Where then is your blessedness? Where is that enjoyment? Where is that happiness? Where is that zeal? Where is that fire? Where is that intestinal fortitude? Where is that jump up and down? Where is that I can't wait to get there and get involved? Be doing what's needing to be done. Oh, yes. We want to recognize what God has done. God has said, I've frankly forgiven you. I've taken away the load of sin, and you know what? I've either got you out of the garbage pail or I kept you out of the garbage pail, one of the two. And I've, I've, I've sustained you. I've held you up. I've, I've done everything for you. I've made things so good. There's such a blessedness in your life. You know, what did they say about Job? That he was eyes to the blind. There were people that, that just looked at him and realized of the blessedness that was in his life. And yet when he went through all kinds of challenge, the Bible teaches he maintained his blessedness, if you please. He maintained his integrity and his faith in God, and he would not let it go. Though there were many questions that the enemy was trying to pound him away with, and God took care of that in one, one shot. And I'm telling you, God can paralyze your mind or your body, whichever one you might choose, or you might not get to choose. But I'm going to tell you what, he just simply started giving Job an IQ test, and after the first question, Job just, oh, forget it. I, I don't have any answers here. They're like, where were you when I did thus and so? Well, I wasn't nowhere around. God, that's the point. Thank you for making my point, Job. <laughs> and yet Job was so righteous. And Job was so blessed. And Job was so a part of God's great. He was a high priest. He would rise up and he would intercede for his family. Oh, yes. And he never let go, though. Thank God he didn't. No matter what the problem was, no matter what angle or what challenge or what bad news, came his way, even, even people surrounding him that were not uh, exactly supportive of his position and his, his plight at the moment. But you know, the Lord was there, and the Lord was looking at Job, and the Lord had a reason for testing Job. But you want to understand that at the end of the day, Job came out more blessed than when he went in. You talk about a blessedness. You talk about a happiness. I don't see how this is ever going to work. I don't see how I'm ever going to get out. I don't see that you don't see. That's right, you don't see. But our God sees. Let him be your eyes. Let him be your feet. Let him be your hands. Let him be your mind. You turn it all over to him in your tough and challenging situation. And don't let God say, where then is this blessedness that I put in your life? You hold that up in prayer. You hold that up in praise. You hold that up in worship. And you tell your Self and everybody else. I have the Holy Ghost. I am above all blessed. I am above all men most happy because I have the Holy Ghost. And I can tell you that the, uh, the loss of this blessedness, the loss of this joy and enjoyment and happiness and gladness will leave you, the Bible teaches, of all men most miserable. You'll be the most miserable person on the earth. And there's no need for that, is there? Not when this blessedness has been given to us by way of a rugged cross, by the shedding of blood, and by the outpouring of His Spirit. And He's put a blessedness, and Paul was looking at a congregation and say, what's the problem here? And he said, Where, where's that happiness? Where's that zeal? Where's that joy? Where's that jump up and down? Where's that excitement? Where's that right mind? Where is that glow? Where, where is that anointing? Where are all of these things known under the, uh, the title, if you please, or the, the, the main topic of blessedness? Where is that? He had to ask them that. And surely the telling of truth 
should only add to the blessedness. It should not take from it. The only way it's going to take from it is if somebody's in the flesh. And evidently, they were in a pretty bad fleshly situation there at Galatia at that time. And Paul kept ministering to them in the Spirit, kept preaching to them, kept pounding away to get them to believe the message and tell them, don't put yourself among the foolish. I'm telling you something tonight. The biggest fools on the planet are those that throw away this blessedness. People who lose inward holiness, lose outward holiness, and then they say who needs it? We don't need outward holiness. I don't believe in that anymore. They are the biggest fools on the planet and I will prove it to you. The Bible said that an individual that was given so much blessedness he began to say let me build my barn bigger. Let me have more abundance of earthly possessions. Let me live more for the world and do it the way they do it. Let me cast away all of the teachings of the church and he sat back and kicked back and said I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to have an easy life. Oh my God said, thou fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. Let me tell you, the biggest fools on the planet are those that cast away the truth of God. If you get inward holiness, you will have outward holiness. Don't classify yourself with a foolish because I tell you it will not stop at outward standards. It will take away from you the blessedness and you will no longer have the truth of the Scripture. You will no longer believe the message of Acts 2.38 and John 3.5. You do not want to let the enemy get his greasy, dirty, nasty, grubby hands on your blessedness. You love the truth. You want the truth preached to you. You want to hear a message that makes you straighten up and fly right. You want to be on the straight and the narrow, heading for gates of pearl and a street of gold and walls of jasper, a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You don't want to cast away your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. You don't want God to be hunting around looking for your blessedness. You want it right out there, brighter than any billboard, brighter than the noonday sun. You want it shining. What did it say? Trim those lamps and get them burning brightly. You're not shoving this under any bushel basket or under any bed. You're not trying to hide what God's done in your life. You want to let your great light shine. You want to be part of that city that's set upon a hill. You want to bring a message that's going to change people from carnal to spiritual. That's going to pull them out of darkness into marvelous light. You want the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your life. You don't want the program of some carnal mind working in your life. You came out of that mess. And I'll tell you what a lot of second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth generation Holy Ghost people need. They need the blessedness of the first generation. They need the zeal of the first generation. And you shouldn't have to lose it and go out and come pay back through to appreciate this blessedness. The truth should make you happy. The truth of the Scriptures, the knowledge and the revelation and the love of God and serving Him with gladness, the joy of the Holy Ghost. You can remain standing. Let's show the world this blessedness. Let's show them how happy we are. It is not a drudgery to live for God. And our young ladies are not dowdy. And our young men are not behind the scene on any good thing. Paul said that one time. He said, I was not a wit behind the chiefest. We're not behind on anything. 
We're at the forefront of this thing. We have the gift of the Holy Ghost. I can't help it that some people have lost their blessedness and they're sour and they're dour and they're bitter and they're angry and they're going in all kinds of wrong directions, chasing all the wrong things and going to wind up like a bunch of denominational unbelieving hearts. Let me tell you, you tell yourself, I've got the blessedness of God. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm zealous. I'm so glad. All we need and keep needing to have is a good reaping of the harvest and the bringing in of brand new fresh blood in the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen and amen. Don't need more of the world. Need less of the world and more of God. Amen. Give me more of that blessedness. I'm addicted to that blessedness. I'm addicted to the ministry of the saints. I'm addicted to what God is doing, and that's what I want coursing in my veins because it does not injure and it does not destroy. It brings a great greatness to my heart and my life. It absolutely makes me be lifted up with the wings of an eagle. It causes me to run and not be weary and to walk and not faint. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, you just need to go to the top of the mountain and get that handful of corn. Amen. Quit hanging out down at the bottom somewhere. You need to let God lift you up and raise you up to the mountaintop and go find the blessedness of God afresh and anew all over again. Amen and amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. We still do that around here. We're lifting our hearts with our hands to heaven in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ and we glory in God's grace and God's blessedness we glory in the things of your spirit holy one oh my father my king we lift our hearts with our hands to you we bring you praise and we bring you worship we bring it to you oh Lord a sacrifice of praise the fruit of our lips and we're so very excited about what you're doing Lord everything you've done everything you're doing and everything you're about to do blessed be the name of our God Amen and amen and amen. Instead of polishing up your fancy suit, instead of polishing up all the things of the world, how about polishing up that good blessedness in your life? How about polishing that up and getting a glow and a glistening and a furbishing of the greatness of God's blessedness in your life? Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, yeah. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Let's keep on feeling that way. Came out of the wilderness. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking with the Lord. Oh, yeah. Tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Jesus saying. Came out of the wilderness. Came out of the wilderness. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking with the Lord. Come on. Tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Came out of the wilderness? Came out of the wilderness? How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking with the Lord. Oh, yeah. I said, I felt like a leaf and when I came out of the wilderness. Came out of the wilderness. Came out of the wilderness. I felt like a leaf and when I came out of the wilderness. I'm walking. Walking with the Lord, does it that 